0: Bills Mafia, what is up? Welcome into the live edition of Shout at Buffalo Bills Football Podcast. We are here inside Wingnuts North Buffalo, 700 Military Row. We'll be hanging out here all night. So if you're just watching right now, there's still time. Come on down. You might miss the live show, but you can hang out with Ryan, Matt, and we are here with the originator himself. Ed, how are you, buddy? Doing good, doing good. Um, what I'd like to say, first of all, is I want to continuously thank God for the success of Wingnuts. However, I would like to share with you a tradition that we are starting here and that people seem to love, and that is we have these chicken wing necklaces, and I would like to present each and every one of you two with a necklace of your own, and I would like to dub you the official Wingnut. All right, first off, we got to talk about this, Ed. Okay, so the whole operation here. Is a dangerous one for you, because you're putting it over my head, and you have a really good chance of messing up my hair. So let's see how it goes. I'm a little nervous. I'm not gonna lie. Here we go. Whoa, that was really, really good. Good job. All right, this one's easy.
1: I was gonna say you don't have to worry about it with me, Ad. Here we go. I W a wing
0: nut. Wow. So here's the coolest thing, Bills Mafia. You can come into wing nuts. Pick up one of these bad boys and have Ed himself W an official member of the Wingnuts Mafia. I just go. came up with that on the You're spot. Right. All right. It's awesome. Awesome stuff. Ed, happy holidays. This is one of two. We're going to be at Wingnuts this month. We can't wait. Yep.
1: I can't wait either. I think it's going to be awesome. All right.
0: Take care, buddy. All
1: right. Thank you, Thank you Ed. All right,
0: Bills Mafia. We got a ton to get to on tonight's show. Before we get into the Bills part of the show, we got a big birthday This weekend, one of the owners of Wingnuts, A.J. Giordano, is in the house. Check out this beauty, Tell Alessia, I'm sorry. Tell us a little bit about her. I don't want to shout too loud right in her ear.
1: October 16th, she came into the world at uh, 5.43 in the morning.
0: Look at this beauty, and check it out. Get her right in front of the camera because she's got her official Wingnuts t-shirt. The size, the sauce, the crunch. She is an official member. Happy birthday, buddy. She is beautiful. We appreciate this. We love being the official podcast of Wingnuts. Awesome stuff. Absolutely. We're making the playoffs. All right. He said we're making the playoffs, and that's actually a great transition here because tonight's show, we talked about it being the holiday season. We're coming off of Thanksgiving, and it's been a really gloomy couple weeks for Bills Mafia, right? Like the, the high of the Philadelphia Eagles game and, you know, Oh, going on the road and potentially beating a Super Bowl contender, going off the tracks when the Bills weren't able to get the job done late in that game. We've covered it to the nines. Obviously, everything with Von Miller over the last couple of days. We talked about that on the podcast yesterday. But we got together and said, hey, we got a little holiday cheer to bring Bills Mafia. Um, we got a special guest, by the way, surprise guest coming up in about 15 minutes. So stay tuned for that. But we we're pretty bullish on the Bills, despite sitting here at six and six despite the situation that they're in, I think this season could still go the right way for the Bills.
1: That's right, man. Listen, we're trying to give the Bills Mafia some hope tonight, and I think that we can give them some realistic expectations where there is still a path for this team to get into the playoffs.
0: There is, and it starts in two weeks against the Kansas City Chiefs, and it, it's a fun place to start because no, when this schedule came out, I don't know if we talked enough about this or spent enough time on the importance of this. But you're getting Kansas City with two weeks to prepare for them. You get two weeks to rest up, get everybody healthy. Sean McDermott's going to come up with some type of game plan against this Kansas City offense that has been struggling. And listen, I know that they got right a little bit against Las Vegas last week, but on the road against the Green Bay Packers this week, that's a really tough game, and I really like the Bills in this spot. Their offense has become a whole new version of itself under Joe Brady.
1: Yeah, they look great, Matt. I mean, over 30 points scored in both matchups, uh, moving the ball up and down at will, It reminds me a little bit about of what it looked like under Brian Dable in a, a lot of ways. And uh, the, the use of pre-snap motion, the use of all of these different weapons in this offense, I, I really feel like with this extra time off, with Sean McDermott being able to game plan, uh, and with the Chiefs coming off of a short week there on Monday Night Football against right. the Packers, so... Uh, I think all those things kind of factor into the Bills' favor in this game.
0: From a mindset perspective, well, first of all, before we get to the mindset, we got to pay the bills here. Uh, T- Shout is always brought to you by Tops Friendly Markets. Shop for groceries at Tops, and you can save $10 on participating $50 gift cards with the Christmas bonus program. That's an extra 20% savings on all your holiday gifts just for buying your groceries at Tops. Earn one gift point. For every grocery purchase you make of $50 or more uh, now through December 24th, then redeem one gift point at Topps checkout for $10 off a $50 gift card to participating retailers. From a mindset perspective, everything going on with Vaughn, notwithstanding, because I was just talking to our special guest here coming up in a minute, and this is going to be a very interesting week for the Bills. You know, we haven't heard from them in terms of what's going on with Miller, where his status is. We talked about some of the options on the show yesterday with what they can do with him over the next couple of days. But coming off the heartbreaker that that Eagles game was, how do you see them coming into this week, approaching this week, and the team that we're going to see on the field against the the Chiefs?
1: Well, I think they need to come into this week looking at it as a must-win game. They're already three and five in this conference. They really can't drop any more games for that matter. And they almost have to run the table just to get into the playoffs itself. But you're right. You, you look at this Kansas City Chiefs team, and they haven't looked right on offense for most of the year. They, they are starting to uh, find a, a weapon in Rasheed Rice. Uh, they obviously have Travis Kelsey. But it hasn't looked like what it did the past few seasons. So I think there's going to be ways for Sean McDermott to really draw up a nice game plan to slow them down. Uh, you, you know, Obviously, he'll have to address the elephant in the room, everything going on with Von Miller early this week. But I think this extra time off is really going to help him come up with a game plan. We've seen the Bills in the regular season go to Arrowhead, win a game. I think they can do it again this year, especially with the way the offense has looked.
0: Yeah, and I think the thing that scares you from a Bills fan perspective is that Chiefs defense that's been so good at generating pressure, really attacking opposing quarterbacks. But what the Bills do have at their advantage is the most time that Joe Brady has had to prepare a game plan for a team. And that's one thing over the course of the last three weeks. Joe Brady is probably just trying to play catch up, right? Like, and that's pretty crazy considering how good this offense has looked with Joe Brady calling the plays.
1: And here's the other thing too. Look at those two matchups that he's called plays for Matt, New York jets, Philadelphia Eagles, both teams that have really good defenses. So this isn't like he's going into this game with with the first good defense that he's seen. I think he's going to find ways though, to really uh, have advantageous matchups. Again, the way he's used Stephon Diggs with the pre-snap motion, the way that he has used James Cook and some of these backs as pass catchers. We know what Dolan Kincaid can do. Gabe Davis was utilized a lot last week. He's really finding ways to get everyone involved, Khalil Shakir as well. So, you know, now he can really look at that defense and say, what can I do or what are some areas where we can really attack this team based on what I see on film?
0: So there's two things with the next matchup. So the Bills win this game. um, Seven and six would be their record. And staring at them on the other side of that are the Dallas Cowboys, who have been one of the hottest teams in football. Dak Prescott, I mean, I was watching him the other night. There's this thing that I've, I've kind of coined over the last couple of years, December Dak. And it kind of goes for Lamar Jackson too, but that's a whole other conversation. Listen, when the games get harder, when the weather turns, Dak and Lamar have struggled in December the last couple of years. And so now in two weeks, You know, their playoff situation pretty much lined up. We'll see what happens with Philadelphia against the Niners this week. They're going to be coming into Orchard Park against a desperate Bills team, and I think that sets up well for this Bills defense in that matchup. Offensively for the Bills, Dallas looked about as beatable defensively as any team in the league, giving up 35 to the Seattle Seahawks who couldn't score the previous week.
1: Right. I mean, they made Geno Smith look unbelievable in that game. DK Metcalf had a day, three scores in that one. So you would like to think that the Bills offense will be able to put up points against Dallas. And, you know, with Dallas coming to Orchard Park, that is such a big difference from where they play their home games and uh, climate control area coming to Buffalo. Who knows what the elements will be? It doesn't mean it's going to be snowing, but it could be a freezing rain. It could be a lot of different things. And uh, that's going to work to Buffalo's advantage in, in a significant way, in my opinion, in that matchup, Matt.
0: After that, it gets a little bit easier. Uh, I believe it's the chargers next right before Christmas. And that's a team that could very well be out of the playoff mix by that time. Uh, It's a road game against what could be a desperate team too. So I mean, if the chargers win the next couple of weeks, that game takes on a completely different complexion because the chargers could also be fighting for their playoffs lives. We'll see when we get there. But again, I don't think the chargers scare you. I mean, they're an offense with Justin Herbert. That's has the potential of being really special uh, at times, they've looked really good this year, but there's also been those struggles. They seem kind of in a, the same place the Bills were in the last six games of Ken Dorsey, just throwing a bunch of things at the wall and not really anything being able to stick for that offense.
1: And and they're one of the most frustrating teams to watch, Matt, because there's so much talent on both sides of the ball. But year in, year out, they underperform, they underwhelm. Uh, if they lose this week, they fall to 4-8. and eight. You know, it's odd, but the biggest thing that worries me about that matchup is if they fire their head coach the week before. There's always that carryover with emotion when there's a new head coach in place. I'm almost more worried about that than them winning the next few weeks. If that, you know, I know that sounds odd, but there's always that emotional carryover.
0: It's funny. I can't think of a bigger blunder when you're trying to line things up to hire your next head coach. They had an opportunity that year as the Bills were making a run towards the AFC title game to wait and try to sign Brian Dable as their head coach to pair with Justin Herbert. And just think about how differently this whole Chargers situation. I think Brandon Staley is in the running for the worst head coach in the NFL. His comments a couple of weeks ago infuriated me. Nothing makes me more mad than when a head coach stands at a podium and says, I'm not here to talk to the fans. Brandon, if you see this clip, I don't think you will. That's literally the only reason you're at that podium is to talk to the fans. The guys that, and the girls that fill your stadium every week, man, that really just burned me up.
1: Yeah, understandably so. And I mean, that's the job of the media is to the questions that the fans want to know. So he should not be up there addressing them like that. I think he knows his seat is extremely hot. This was a uh, season where they really needed to make some noise and it just hasn't happened, Matt.
0: So then it's the Patriots. Who knows, going to be a quarterback. Who knows if they'll even have a head coach by that time. Now, just kidding. They're not going to get rid of Belichick before the end of the season, or will they? I don't know. That'll be interesting. Um, so chalk that up as a win. So now let's just say that they got four wins, right? The Miami Dolphins sit there at the end of the season as, I don't know, I don't want to give Bills fans too much hope. I know we want to have the, a hopeful show here. I don't know if the division is going to be at play in that game, but it might be a Miami Dolphins team that already has the AFC East locked up. And if they can't get the one seed, or maybe they have the one seed locked up, or whatever the situation could be, you could be looking at backups on the road in a game for the Bills they have to win.
1: Yeah, so again, if it's against backups, you like that matchup for them. But it's also important to know that this is a Miami Dolphins team, at that it's playing Dallas and the Ravens in the in the two weeks before that Bills matchup. If they start to lose those games and things snowball for them, and the Bills go on the type of run that we think they're able to do, this could have major implications Not just for the Bills to get a wild card spot, but possibly to win the AFC East again.
0: So we've been talking about it, you know, since the show started. The Bills have to get hot to make the playoffs. And somebody in the house tonight got really hot because he tried out the wing nuts hot wings. And I asked him, I'm like, dude, did you know about this? Did you do any, like, research? Did you ask anybody about the wings? And he said, no, I like hot wings. So we brought him up, and now we're going to bring him out. And I want to see how much he actually ate from WGR 550, Jeremy White. Bring him up here. Let's give him a round of applause inside Wingnuts here. Yeah. So, story time. Get in here. You've been telling me for, like, three months, four months, going back to training camp. All right, I see the Wing Nuts events. I've never had the wings. I'm going to come out one night. And then, lo and behold, I look over here tonight. There you are. What's up, man?
1: Good to be here. It's about the wings. I also want to come, you know, hang out and support you guys. So. I'm here for both of those. And, yes, I had the wings, and I went for hot. Yeah. How did that go? Four out of the five, and I'm classifying myself as just full. I mean, I could take down that fifth one, and if I have to, I will. Uh, But the hot is hot. hot, I mean, as someone who – I mean, I like hot. I go to restaurants. I order hot. I want hot. And uh, I got the hot. So we were talking – off
0: camera here before the start of the show about how bullish you are on the bills these last five weeks. And it's a funny team because if you were standing up here right now and you wanted to sell me, they'd lose the next five. I'd probably listen to that just as much as you selling me. They're going to win the next five. You're on that side of things. Why?
1: Well, the toughest game might be the Cowboys because they're good on both sides of the ball, but I just think they'll beat the chiefs. They've won an arrowhead twice against better Kansas city teams. So win that one. And the way that I'm looking at the playoffs, there's a couple different ways, of course. There's the division, there's the wild card, but you can be three back of Miami with three to play, and Miami finishes with Dallas, Baltimore, Buffalo. Like, those are not easy matchups for Miami, no matter what. So even if you lose one along the way, be three back with three to play, and you're alive. And I I think the offense has found itself. You know, there's a lot of people that wanted to say the offense wasn't broken, but if you watched it, you know, we watched it, we thought, it doesn't look right and heading for more than a year. And all of a sudden it looks like they found some formula and there's reason to believe it could still get better. So yeah, I, I, I kind of like saying, I think they're going to run the table, but even one more loss, even one to Dallas, I still think they have a really good season. It's not over. It's it's I, for me, it's important to say that it's not over.
0: So it's been two games for Joe Brady. Number one, are you surprised at how good the offense has been? You you alluded to it there. Number one. Number two, what's the outlook in your eyes for Brady? Because we've talked about this quite a bit over the last couple of weeks. He right now has the interim label. And as he gets towards the end of the season, you know, you put up these kind of numbers with this offense, there's going to be a lot of interested teams. I'm not sure the contract status, but it's a situation where the Bills need to lock this up long-term and do you eventually see, this is something we were even talking about too, if Josh Allen likes him as much as if it appears that he does, how comfortable he is with him, do you think if things maybe don't work out next year for Sean McDermott, because I don't think there's any chance he loses his job this season. But say things don't go right next year. If you lock up Joe Brady long term, if you're Terry Pagula, maybe Brandon Bean, could he maybe be the next answer and head coach on the other side of this thing?
1: Well, I do think the biggest factor in terms of The way McDermott is viewed by the fans, I don't, I know wins and losses are here and people are mad, but the idea of getting on that carousel at coordinator, they just got off the Brian Dable and onto Ken Dorsey, and it wasn't even that bad, but we were restless the whole time. And if they find another answer in Joe Brady and he has a good year, and then, you know, a year from now, he's just going to go to, I don't know, pick a team here, the Browns, we're going to sit here and say, we're going to get back on this again and hire who some other guy that we hope is good and fire in a year because like you're just, it's like the nature of the beast when you have a defensive coach, right? Like we know that. And that carousel is going to get old fast, I think. So Brady's about to be the most popular guy in town, you know, like it, it's going well and it's uh it's refreshing to see them look like they have answers again. Yeah. And, and you know, speaking on Brady specifically, what gives me the most hope about him is that through two, through two weeks, 31 or 30 plus points each game, and this is even his offense. You give him an entire off season, add in his wrinkles, his play calls, some of the things that he did at LSU, even some of the things that he did in Carolina. I went back and I watched. It's just the players that he had there. It was Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback. It wasn't as much talent. There's a lot to like about what he does pre-snap, what he does with the quarterback under center, Uh, I think that if you gave him a whole offseason to implement his playbook as well, this offense could even ascend to another level. And one more receiver. I mean, and it's important. Like, I, I mean, I, you guys know me. I want another receiver on this team for like three years. But these last week, Gabe Davis had a big part in the offense. And to me, that's important because wanting another receiver has never been about Gabe is worthless. Gabe Davis can play football. We've always known that. But for about a year and a half, they miscast him, and they put him in a spot he shouldn't be in. So, contract year, maybe he walks. Get Brady another young guy out there that can be a one-slash-two that's ready to grow into the Diggs role. To me, it's important from a roster standpoint. And you'll still get Diggs, sure, he's twilight, but he's still there. And, I don't know, maybe add another one in there. But with Shakir emerging, another young receiver, and Brady's definitely going to ask for that, right? He had... Jefferson and Chase at LSU. Okay, give me digs and insert guy here and roll from there. Josh Elm throws the ball to wide receivers. We've known it for years. So Brady, a little tiny upgrade on the offense. One spot, and then McDermott can pour everything else he wants to in the defense. And I mean, anybody, anybody trying to tell you they're going to be bad next year or like this is the start of a downfall, like, man, I don't believe that for a second. I also think that the Deontay Hardy situation has
0: got to give Brandon Bean some pause and maybe have force him to pivot from his philosophy on just adding veterans in that room. Like I, I think I like the Dalton Kincaid move. I think it was a year to maybe pull the trigger on something like that. But they maybe could have come back in the second round. And I know they ended up getting Osiris Torrance, and he's been really good for the most part. I know he's in this kind of lull here, and they needed offensive line help. What's to say that you don't come back there and get a wide receiver with that pick? And I think you, there's so many ways to skin a cat in the draft with where you get guys. And, I mean, they found Gabe Davis, who's been a pretty big contributor in the fourth round a couple of years ago. I think adding at that spot is – it's a priority in the offseason. And we were talking about it, too. I, I put a hypothetical at you, and I'm like, what would you give up to trade up to get Marvin Harrison Jr.? What did you give up like a first – uh, and two twos to move up and get him. And you were talking about it. I mean, you've done your research. You're a wide receiver guy. You're an enthusiast.
1: You don't. You might not even have to go that far. Right. There's a. Mil- there's probably six to seven first rounders this year. Malik Neighbors, Roma Dunze, in Washington. Like he might be my favorite at the moment. Just a great idea. If they don't run the table and they're picking 16th, I mean, it's going to open in front of them. Bean loves to trade up. Moving up to two three that's almost impossible but moving from 16 to 13 can't we all see him doing that he loves to trade up he can't not trade up he needs to so if you get to if you do miss the playoffs then you're picking like 18 17 16 I think it opens up a lot and there's a cautionary tale too the Sammy Watkins draft they trade up for Sammy Watkins Mike Evans and Odell Beckham Jr. and then go look at the second round of that draft too Like, the second round is a sweet spot for receivers. And as much as I want one in the first, I would take one in the second. There's probably 14 guys worthy of going by the time the Bills pick in the second round.
0: Tank Dell is killing it on my fantasy team right now. And, listen, those guys are out there at that spot.
1: Josh Downs. That's my guy. Josh Downs was the slot guy I wanted this team to get. And he is eating in Indianapolis. It doesn't mean anybody's mad about Dalton Kincaid. He's a weapon. He's on the team. Fantastic. But, like, look at Philly and some of these other teams that really put it together. San Francisco has a tight end and two studs. Philly, tight end and two studs. Get on that train. All right, get on this train every weekday
0: morning, 6 to 10. You can listen to them on WGR 550. Four hot wings. That's pretty good. Are you, are you impressed? I'm very impressed, very but impressed. I'm kind of soft. So I don't know. Like, I don't know how much weight that holds, but I'm impressed, and I'm thankful for you coming out tonight, man. Thank you. Thanks, fellas. All right, Jeremy White. WGR 550. All right, we got one more segment here, Ryan Talbot. Um, you put it out an article today setting up this slate of weekend games, and I want to go through these because from a Bills fan's perspective with no Bills tomorrow, you got to figure out who you're rooting for because the Bills need some things to happen over the next couple of weeks, and the tough part is a lot of these teams that you're watching tomorrow and rooting for to lose, they all play each other over the next couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, absolutely, Matt, and there's some interesting games tomorrow. Uh, Let's start with if the Bills want to somehow win the AFC East. Miami Dolphins are in action tomorrow against the Washington Commanders. Now, obviously Miami is favored to win this one with good reason, but Sam Howell has not been a slouch at quarterback for this team. He's throwing for a lot of yards. He he has. He has quite a few 300-yard performances over the past few weeks. Uh, He looks like they may have found their answer at quarterback. We know that this Dolphins defense, although playing better as of late, have let up a lot of points and a lot of yards in some of these games. They've been in some close matchups as of late. That might end up being a really close game and go down to the wire.
0: So the next game on your list is the Denver Broncos playing the Houston Texans. And you have the Bills fans wanting to root for the Texans. Now I think this is interesting because I guess it comes down to who do you think has enough juice the rest of the way. Now, there are tiebreaker scenarios. Denver has a pretty decent, not decent, um, AFC record, but it gets better with another win. So your argument is that you want the Texans to win because it puts the Denver Broncos down a peg. The Bills don't have a head-to-head tiebreaker against the Texans. But who do you think is going to be better down the stretch? Because the Denver Broncos are one of the hottest teams in football right now.
1: They absolutely are, but I also look at the quarterback position. I'll take C.J. Stroud over Russell Wilson uh, any day of the week. I think that they have a lot of talent there. I think they're more likely to climb into one of those wild card spots and maybe see a team like the Colts from their own division fall out of it. Who uh, are playing good football at six and five, despite losing their starting quarterback, despite missing uh, one—you know, their star running back for seven games, Jonathan Taylor. So th- there's a lot where I think the Texans are more built to kind of be strong at the end of the year. And if Denver loses this game, they fall to three and five in the AFC. Same record as the Bills. Obviously, they have the head-to-head tiebreaker, but one more loss down the stretch. The Bills are on the table. The Bills leapfrog them in terms of conference record.
0: The most annoying team for Bills fans is probably the Pittsburgh Steelers because I think they stink yeah. on the offensive side of yeah. the ball, but it hasn't mattered. They've won seven games, and you know there's a defense over there that it reminds me of the Browns in that they're elite. They have one of the best players in football, not only defense um tj watt is as good as it gets and i i believe it was mike Tomlin who came out this week or the last couple days and you know put that on a t-shirt basically saying this is the best player in football and he plays like it every week but they find ways to win they're well coached and you know kenny pickett if he finds any kind of pocket of success gets a little bit of confidence they turn into a different team i just don't know if that necessarily can happen but their schedule isn't very daunting
1: No, it's not very daunting, and you know they're going against the Arizona Cardinals tomorrow, a a matchup that certainly favors them. In addition to having an elite defense, they have an elite head coach. Mike Tomlin, I mean, late in games, he's dialing things up to help them win. They've had a lot of close calls this season. I will say that Kenny Pickett showed some signs of life last week after they got rid of Matt Canada, uh, hitting the seam to Pat Freermuth. They have some good wide receivers, so they could come alive, but I agree with you, they have not been... A very good team this season on offense. It's been the defense and head coaching carrying them. How many
0: points did they score?
1: How many points are they are they gonna score in this game? No, how many points did the Steelers score last week? Off the top of my head, I don't not many. Under 20. Yeah, I was gonna say they started. Or if hop, it wasn't under 20, score. it was like right at twenty. It was around there. Here's
0: the thing. And I know Kayla's off camera and she's probably doing. <laughs> get, get in here actually. Get in Come here. On. We could talk to you a little bit about uh about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Let's give it up for our producer, Kayla Sterner, who did a d- Double double duty today. She covered two um, college basketball games, is here to produce the live podcast. You obviously know the Pittsburgh Steelers better than anybody. What do you think is the outlook for this team down the stretch, and how how much do you believe that they can continue to, to win knowing the schedule that they have in front of them?
2: I think they absolutely can continue to win because of how easy the schedule is. I think if they had the schedule that, like the Bills had, then no shot, throw it out the window. But they don't. They have T.J. Watt, like you just mentioned. As long as T.J. Watt's on the field, you always have a shot. I'm pretty sure he probably alone is more responsible for more offensive plays, even though he's on the defense because he gets the fumbles, he gets the recoveries, he gets the sacks, and he gives the offense the ball back time and time again.
0: Uh, the, the next team I want to talk about, and, and I wanted to bring her on for this as well, the Cleveland Browns, who this week played the Los Angeles Rams, sit there at seven and four. Miles Garrett a little bit banged up. Uh, I don't know his status. He may play, but obviously playing against the NFC, everybody in the AFC needs the Cleveland Browns to to lose. What what's the outlook on them the rest of the way? You know, obviously with the quarterback situation being what it is,
2: I still think the Browns will do better than any of us would like. In all honesty, they are also a team that somehow manages to get things done. So I, I think they'll give everybody a run for their money.
1: Yeah, and listen, Jim Schwartz has done an unbelievable job there as their defensive coordinator. Uh, but I could see them dropping this game tomorrow, Matt. It is Joe Flacco starting for the Browns. Uh, if we remember Joe Flacco's last stint as a starter, it wasn't very good. He didn't help the Jets out very much. If the Rams can create a few turnovers, they might be able to squeak out a close game.
0: The Rams have offensively have struggled at times. You know, Matthew Stafford kind of in and out of the lineup a little bit throughout the season but what, i think they got it going a little bit last week and if that continues against the browns don't turn the ball over to your point i think that's a good spot the next one is the indianapolis colts at the tennessee titans Brian, how much can the titans maybe become a thorn in the side of a couple of these afc teams because they play all these teams that are kind of in the hunt but there's not really much left to play for and after a really fun start for Will Levis, is
1: it has not been great. No, it has not been good for Will Levis. But I, I think that maybe once the, the pressure of knowing you're not making the run this season, you're not making the playoffs, you you kind of open up the playbook for him a little bit. Let him play loose. Let him play free. Let him try to take those shots downfield to DeAndre Hopkins and company. Uh, this was a one-score game the last time they played. Obviously, is Ryan Tannehill at quarterback for the Titans. But as I mentioned before, this Colts team have overachieved all season with Gardner Minshew at quarterback, uh, with Zach Moss, former Bills running back, having a great season as well. So uh, I'm not sold on the Colts uh, among those contending wild card teams in in terms of the other teams that we've mentioned tonight.
0: I think the Colts have more juice than the Steelers or the Browns. And I know that that's crazy to say, but I just think Kenny Pickett, even with a new situation, I'm. I'm just very bearish on his upside as a playmaker. And I also think like December and, and January football is different. Like it gets harder and you're going to be facing defenses that now have three months of tape on you. And so it's going to, I think it's going to get a little bit difficult. So for you're saying you have
1: more confidence in Gardner Minshew. Heck
0: can yeah, dude! that. dude lives out of a van in the off season. <laughs> He's got no worries in the world. Uh, and I fair. think that Colts team out of the group has the easiest schedule. If I'm not mistaken, I'd have it's to take a look bad. at it, but you know, you're, you're against the Colts, so there it is. Here, is. I'll throw this one to you, Kayla. Cincinnati Bengals at Jacksonville Jaguars. The Bills want the Jags to win to completely knock the Bengals out of this situation. What are you, your thoughts on their quarterback situation, Jake Browning, and how much they could kind of stay in this race?
2: I think they do have enough talent to stay in the race. I don't see that actually happening, though. I do see Jacksonville coming out on top but they do still have playmakers with like Joe Mixon, T Higgins and all that.
1: It's over. It's over for the Bengals. They're going to drop another one tomorrow. Playoff hopes are are dead for them, but they're going to get a really good player in the draft and that's the unfortunate part of this. When you get Joe Burrow back next year, you add another weapon to that team, whether it's on offense or defense, that's a scary thought. You know, we
0: said we were going to bring hope and cheer to Bills fans this holiday season. This last one is going to bring you all kinds of good feels because you can watch the Patriots against the Chargers, and no matter what happens with New England, you're going to be thrilled. They can lose, and you hate the Patriots, or they can win, and it knocks off the Chargers and probably puts them out of the playoffs.
1: Yeah, and listen, cheer for the Patriots. You want to knock the Chargers out, but you also don't want the Patriots in a spot where they're in one of those top two, top three picks in a loaded quarterback draft because, let's face it, they don't have their quarterback of the future on that roster, and they're taking one with that first-round pick.
0: All right, that is going to wrap up another live edition of Shout from Wing Nuts, 700 Military Road in North Buffalo. Get out here before they discontinue these cranberry uh, jalapeno wings. They are a game-changer. I'm stealing the recipe. I already told AJ you better send it to me because I'm going to make these things. They're so delicious. For Ryan, she is Kayla. I am Matt. We will see you next week, everybody. Casey Week. It's going to be a big one. See you then.